You know who that is? No. It's the Cars. The Cars. Yeah. It's like uh, we're doing, the song's called Drive. Uh, We're on an 80s theme lately. I don't know if you knew this. <laughs> My sister had the best of the car CD she bought in high school. Uh huh. And so I got really into all those songs. That's fun. Yeah, it's kind of nostalgic for me. Good song. I've been listening to Dashboard Confessional a lot. You know, that's one of those groups like everybody I know likes them, so I should probably check them out. Cause... Yeah. Well, but it is, um, it's a lot of nostalgia is the... For you too at this point. The thing. They're older, huh? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I was like in middle school and high school. When... What's a song they sing that I might know? Um... Oh, they sing the song from one of the Spider-Man movies. It's like, vindicated. Oh, why can't I think of the words? What's, uh, what's uh-huh. the name of the song? Sorry, I'm right. Vindicated. Okay. Swear I knew it all along and I am. Flawed, but I am seeing you so well. It's not ringing the bell, Taylor. Really? But that it could be because I'm culturally illiterate. There's also a. Um, there's also. I will. I will. Thank you for the invitation. Is this it? Yeah. Sorry, listeners. We just, I have to get through this. <laughs> I have to figure out. Slow spinning, redemption. Yeah, it's not coming to me. And then I think there's a song called Stolen that was in one of some movies. Very popular. But this genre is like rock and roll. The Dashboard Confessionals. Um. Like, it's not ska. It's not jazz. It's not... Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people would call it... Emo? Emo, yeah. Okay, he's getting a little it's, emo It's here. emotional, yeah. All right, cool. I'll take emotional. Um, and then there, I feel like his most popular song was... Uh, what is it? I don't know. I can't think of the name of it, but it's the one that's like, Your hair, it's everywhere. Oh, the name is Screaming Infidelities, Taking It Swear. Hmm. Okay. So. Well, how about the dashboard confessionals? How about the dashboard confessionals? Taylor. Yeah. Did you have a good week? Like last week? Yeah. This week? Since we podcasted last? Since we podcasted last. Um, I don't, uh, it wasn't like great, just to be honest. Okay. We have was, those weeks. But it was like, we have great weeks. Yeah. But um, I feel like last week was fine. I'm really into the weather. Um, it is. So I lovely. did go outside today, and lovely is the right word. Uh-huh. That was great. Yeah. I, what about you? How was your week? You know, I didn't have a bad one. Yeah. So I'm taking, I'm, I'm very much in a phase of my life where it's take a day at a time. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know that I have the capacity to take it more days at a time than that. No. So I was trying to look up our podcast here to see if we have any reviews ever anymore. <gasps> oh my gosh. What if we have an, a review we haven't even looked at? Hey, review us, and we'll give you a shout-out. Yeah, we will. We still have a five-star rating. No, 33 reviews. We're we still... love reviews. Um, Taylor. Joshua. Well, you know what kind of journey I went on last week? What? A little bit of a Kardashian journey. <gasps> you did? Yeah, because I after I, we talked about it, I went in and I watched the rest of that Letterman thing, and a lot of stuff came up. Oh, really? Yeah. The interview. The 
What is it called? Yeah, um, my next guest. Yeah. Needs no introduction. I think it's the name of yeah. it. Because that's what Letterman would always say on the show. Um, <laughs> so uh, everybody was there. It was filmed pre-pandemic. And one of the things is Kanye raised in the crowd, and since then they've been divorced. Yeah. Um, I didn't pretty know. Recently. They have four kids. Yeah. She was really doing that a lot for a while. Four kids in like six years. Yeah. That is intense. Yeah, it is. Four kids. And That's they crazy. walked me through the whole family. It was perfect. Oh, everybody's, they did? Everybody's kids. So Courtney dates... Um, um, well, right now, Travis Barker. Yeah, Travis Barker. I yeah. saw a... Um, uh, Reel this week on Instagram about them, and it was Megan Fox standing next to must be Courtney Kardashian, uh-huh. saying like something about her baby daddies. Um, yes, Travis Barker and Machine Gun Kelly. Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, just still can't get over that somebody named their kid Machine Gun. <laughs> no, he has another na- no, normal doesn't. name. He came out of the womb, Machine Gun. Because he's, <laughs> he's friends with Pete Davidson. And okay. Pete Davidson is always calling him his real name in interviews. Okay. But I don't know. Imagine that. Machine gun just doesn't roll off the tongue. No, yeah. Nobody named their child their tiny baby infant child machine gun. Hey, uh, speaking of the podcast, though. Yeah. I was on our social media accounts managing it as I do. Uh Uh-huh. And um, Alex Lux Uh sent us a bear attack video. (laughs) And I'm not sure why. A bear attack video? Yeah. Were we talking about bears? Well, that's what I was trying to recall. We must have spoken about bears. Something. Re- oh, well, no, that was my sermon. I was going to say I talked about that lady, the bobcat, attacking her child. But Alex, um, I don't think we talked about that. Please tell us. Yeah. Alex. Maybe I'll have you look at it, and maybe you can. Okay, okay, okay. Glean from the bear attack video what I missed. Yeah. Thanks for interacting with us. So we Alex. Um, Alex is a great. Well, I was going to say Alex is a great internet friend. She's just a great friend in general. Yeah. But she is also a great internet. Like, you know, she always is sending. Good content. Yeah, yeah. Good content shares. I like good content shares. Yeah. Me too. Hey. Yeah. Can I tell you something? Definitely. Wait, somebody just dropped in on me in my Amazon. Hello? Like, is someone's at the door? No, the kids oh, okay. can drop in on the Amazon devices throughout the houses from their remote devices. <gasps> That's so cool. Or Lindsay can. That's so smart. Yeah. So, um, anyways, one thing I didn't mention last week when I talked about seeing 10 rings in previews. Yeah. We got taken with Evan Hansen. Oh. Well, you know what previews come out that I just, it took me straight back. What? The Matrix. Oh. There's a new Matrix. They're making another Matrix. I'm so excited. You know what I've never told anybody? I've never seen any of the Matrix movies. It's okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. Some people get like mad about things like that. I do think the Matrix probably did for me what Star Wars did for teenagers in the 70s mm. and the 80s. Interesting. Um, some people have said in terms of like genre leaping forward kind of um, contributions mm-hmm. that it did what the Watchmen did for comic books in 1985, which was like another seminal moment in that kind of thought and development. Yeah. It really blew my mind. And I don't know if it's because I was 18. Right. But, it, I mean, the idea seems to have stood the test of time because all things cyber have yeah. become so prominent. Right, yeah. To where we now have cryptocurrency and we have well, shows like Westworld. And we yeah. Have, oh, I forgot about Westworld. You know, where we have these... And it's all... it's And if you go back to the original Matrix, there's that moment where Neil gets... Oh, you haven't seen it. No, yeah. Okay, well, there's a... 
the a sly reference to the work of Baudrillard, simulacra simulation mm-hmm. is about simulation, mm-hmm. and a, he's a postmodern thinker. But my point being, it's really it's a drive from postmodern thought about the nature of reality and perception. Yeah. So I just so excited about this new movie coming out. I had the feels when I watched yeah. it. Yeah. As opened you me should. Up. Really. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So Matrix. Um, Taylor. Yeah. Can I tell you something? Yep. Um, I have noticed about my 40-year-old self okay. that I just inevitably have different sleep patterns now. Sleep? Yeah. Habits, maybe, is a better word. Um, What do you mean? Well, I've now entered the phase of life Okay. where I go to bed at 10.30. Yeah. I probably don't fall asleep until 11.30. Okay. I'm going to wake up a bunch of times Okay. due to sore body parts. Sure. And then I wake up at about 6.45 because Lindsay wakes up and I don't go back to sleep. Wow. And I, it's not that I'm not tired, but I'm not tired in a way I would have been a couple of years ago. It's like I'm just at the point where I don't need as much sleep anymore. Yeah. I guess that... that's an advantage of becoming older. Yeah, definitely. I feel like, um, I mean, the times are all different than what you just said, but it, is, it does seem easier to wake up in the mornings lately. Yeah. I'm just tough, and I can I'll live with it now. Yeah. I do also do this thing, though, where I... I, I used to never be able to nap. Uh-huh. Now I can nap like 20 minutes and I'll actually go out of consciousness or whatever we do when we sleep. Uh-huh. But I do this thing now where from 6.30 to 7.30, I, I not 7.30, I'm up by 7. But whatever, I'm in and out a lot. And it's kind of sleeping, uh-huh. but it's kind of awakening. It's that mid place. Yeah. I, I live there a lot more frequently now. Yeah. And that still counts for my health. I need that stuff. It does? Whatever that is, yeah. It's not as great as the deep REM. Right, but you still feel yeah good after it. I need to just stop drinking fluids after eight. I think that's the trick. Oh, I have to get up and pee, and it ruins it for me. F- yeah, fluids. Do you have to get up and pee in the night? Um, yeah, not very frequently. Oh, I Ma- do. Maybe like one time. Well, I, yeah, maybe just one time, but I, yeah. Sometimes not at all. Every night. Kathleen puts the dogs in my bed after she goes to sleep. No. <laughs> after she go, like leaves for the day, after she wakes up and leaves. Because uh-huh. um, she's up before you? Yeah. She yeah. has to leave the house. And you don't wake up when she does that? Um, no. Okay. So well, the dogs sl- are in your bed? I mean, we sleep in different rooms. Yeah. It's... Um, she, yeah, so the, both dogs are in my bed, and it, that is really the thing that gets me. It's like I can't really sleep. They're both... So small and so rude. Yeah. They will just come sleep right next to you and take up the whole bed with their bodies. They're not big dogs, though, are they? No, they're both so small. Yeah. I don't know how they do it. They have big presences. They both have big presences. That's true. Well, God bless your dogs. Yeah. I love them, but they're crazy. Hey, did you, um, do you watch any sports this weekend? I watched a very upsetting Baylor game. Yeah, what did you think there? I look. I thought it truly looked like, <laughs> and I know this is not the case. It looks like we had not known who we were playing for the whole week, well, and we didn't do anything to, to prepare. prepare. And they looked so prepared for us. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. I didn't get to watch the whole game. I watched mm. probably middle second quarter on. Uh-huh. I will say. Um, the thing that surprised me the most is they were in it really till the end. Yes. After not really playing that well. Yeah. Um, and so I'm kind of surprised. 
A, that they could win, and then B, that they didn't. Right. That makes any sense. It seemed strange. It seemed it was a different type of performance yeah. than what they'd given the other four games of the season. Because um, I really, up until the end, thought, like, I think they're going to pull this out. Yeah, I thought after that second touchdown, I'm like, okay, they have the momentum. Yeah. And it seemed like um, the OSU fans, like when they'd show them after Baylor did something well or whatever, they seemed nervous. Like, it seemed like the air in the stadium was, or like the vibes in the stadium was like they knew Baylor was never out of it. Right. Um, so it was a little bit of a bummer. I wish we'd been more prepared. But I do think it – I saw somebody tweet, like, Baylor's really been outcoached and not in a play-calling way, but in a way that's like Oklahoma State just seems much more prepared for Baylor than Baylor seems for Oklahoma State. Yeah, and it is so hard to play on the road. I Well, and um, – I can't hear – what's the name of the place that, where Oklahoma State is? Stillwater. I've heard Stillwater is, like, so – I've never been to a game there. But I've heard it's a really hard place to play. Yeah, I that think they it, do a good job of being intimidating. And I think Norman is probably the hardest place to play just because of yeah the atmosphere. Yeah, I mean because of the how good they are. Yeah, but like Stillwater in terms of how they utilize their space. Yeah, those those guys hitting the side of the yes with the paddles, and then also it's like the sideline is like truly like six feet long. Like yeah. the fans are like right behind yeah. the visiting team. So. Um, so. I I still thought they did well. I was bummed. Um, I don't think Gary Bohannon had his best game. No, I I will say this. I think Dave Rand is great. I think he's going to be a great coach. He's a defensive coach. I feel like that showed a little bit too. Yes, I feel like we have to get something figured out offensively. Well, and just the the lack of creativity in the play calling. There, right. there were a couple of third and longs where we ran. Yeah, it just didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I still thought they looked great. Yeah, Truth, there's there's like, a lot going forward to be proud of. Truly, I and well, and they uh, Oklahoma State scored on the first drive, mm-hmm. and it really just was like, you know, I feel like not that that's like a gimme or anything, but it is like when you have two teams pretty closely matched, then like that first drive is like they really took advantage of that home field. Yeah. Advantage and like that they were ready to go in a way that Baylor wasn't, I think. Well, here's what we got left. So they play West Virginia at home this week. Yeah, I think they'll win that. So I think they need no gimmies, but they can win that game mm-hmm. and then go three and three uh-huh. and finish eight and four. That's a great season. That's a great season, especially because we were like two and eight last season. Yeah. So a lot, a lot of potential there. Yeah. Um, Did you watch anything exciting? Well, I the the reason I wanted to get to this was um, the kind of the storyline of sports this week, other than the MLB regular season wrapping up, mm-hmm. was that Tom Brady returned to New England. Um, the Bucks played the Patriots. Oh, and I right, wondered. Right, right. Who I thought <laughs> you thought he got traded back. Yeah, I uh, was like, wait, what? No, um, and he also broke the all-time leading passer yards record. He broke Drew Brees' record, which was everybody knew it would be short-lived, but. Right. Um, I was wondering because I know you hate both those those entities. Mm-hmm. Who you wanted to win? <laughs> Nobody. Okay. Oh, like the stadium to explode. All right. But with none of the people dying. Fans. Yeah, nobody died though. Yeah. Just the franchise and Belichick and Brady being losers. Is that what you wanted? Yeah, that's what I wanted. I found myself actually rooting for the Patriots, um, which is weird because I like Brady better than Belichick. 
But I think... I will never get over the people you like. It is so oh, strange to me. I love billionaires and Tom Brady, too. Oh, my God. Um, but I did... I think it's... This is a funny reason. Uh-huh. I still truly believe, and people think I'm crazy, okay. and I'm such a homer, that Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback ever played the game. Yeah. But people won't say that because of Brady's touch, or his Super Bowls, which is legit. But I can at least argue three, three of his Super Bowls he did not win. His defense or other teams lost. Somebody else, yeah. Shouldn't have beaten Seattle for sure. Uh-huh. The interception in the end zone. Uh-huh. They should have ran. Shouldn't right. have beaten the Falcons when they're down 23. I will give him credit for that one, though. He did bring them back. Right. But, like, Julian Edelman, that catch that one time and that near the end of the game, that would have lost it. And then um, I just thought the Rams win. I'll give him some credit because he put together that drive. But that was just such a lame game that defense <laughs> won. Right. Um. And then, like, I've the the Rams, the first time, like in the, ni- the early 2002s, they uh-huh. were a better team. Right. Um, and I actually just watched the last five minutes of that game again recently, and it was yeah. a field goal. He put together, like, a 30-yard drive, and then they kicked a field goal. Right. And then the other one was um, Panthers, same thing. I forget that was a field goal at the last second. So I'm like, hey, he's not throwing game-winning touchdowns. Well, I'm not going to defend Tom Brady, so I don't know what we're yeah, doing I, here. I don't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I just I want to know if you cared at all. Um, I no, I just don't like. I don't like when Tom Brady wins. I guess I would in that situation. I think I would have. I was not very aware this weekend, but I think um, I would have rooted for the Patriots. Okay. As opposed to Brady. Brady, Brady. So you hate him more? Yeah. Okay. He's gross. All right. Well, Taylor, um, <laughs> I'm, I should be more careful about how I'm dis- dispensing information here. Okay. I want to go back to Kim Kardashian for a second. Oh, right. Yeah. First of all, I didn't know about the whole ordeal with the France robbery thing. Yes. That yes. was Her terrifying. Her life was very changed, I feel like. She, she um, was traumatized. Yeah. She was very vulnerable about that on the show, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that it happened. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing, mm-hmm. um, I didn't know about the her work in prison reform. Yes, she's very passionate. She got that lady out of jail, which I think is a good thing. She did. And so there, far as I there, understand that story. But there was also a guy who was on death row that she wasn't able to like Get him make it happen. And I think that was also very hard for her. Well, here's the thing. Um, you know, uh, Letterman... Mm-hmm. was forthright in calling out the fact that it's like, you know, you you had to work with Donald Trump. How was that? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, kind of insinuated he did not like Donald Trump. Uh-huh. Um, and also spoke a little bit about, um, you know, she was very smart about how she spoke about that administration. Because mm-hmm. this is 2020, you're still in office. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of diplomatic also, but not... Well, uncritical, I guess you could say, but I was impressed. All that say, yeah. Um, but also, I made the statement is like because Letterman said, you know, do you have any concern about working with the president to to do these things? And she said, oh yeah, I had lots of people advise me not to get involved. Yeah. And then she said, but if it's my reputation versus somebody's life, I'm like, well, hot dog, Kim Kardashian. Yeah, yeah, she seems. I will say she seems sincere about this stuff and thoughtful. Yeah. In a way that I think is surprising for some people. And I that I also think, like, I, that I think is learned. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, But also, it's like, she came to fame in, like, her early to mid-20s. Like, who's their best self at 23? No, yeah. You know? So. 
Um, yeah. Well, there's that. The other thing, this is why I'm jumping around. I should probably put this in my age 40-year-old self. Okay. You know what I've done twice recently just boggles my mind and I can't figure out why? What? So I live right here. True, on yeah. On the full court. Mm-hmm. I turn right to go towards 25th and 26th. Okay. Okay. So I'm heading towards the streets getting bigger. Uh-huh. That being the case, 25th is a one-way going from my left to my right. Mm-hmm. And then 26 is a one-way going from my right to my left. Mm-hmm. Okay. 26 goes towards Waco Drive. Mm-hmm. 25th is coming away from me. Yeah. I pull up to 25th twice within like the last month. I've like started to turn left onto 25th, like going down the one-way. And how long have y'all lived here? Eight years. Oh, my god! I'm like, what's happening to me? The, the only thing I, that this last time I noticed, so it's four lanes there. Uh-huh. Or three lanes. Three lanes? Three. Yeah, three. And I've and I um, noticed that there's cars in the first two lanes and not the third. Okay. And my brain processes. And says, like. That's the lane going the other way. Yeah, that's yeah. where I should go. Yeah. But, because I know I have to turn left on 26, but right. in my head, I just, not paying attention. Uh, just, one time last year when I left your house, I turned left on 25th. Yeah, see? And I don't, um, it gives me, um, like, heart palpitations when I do, like, when I do it. I did it a couple times when I moved here, you know, because you don't yeah. know about the Waco is not laid out with, like, I don't know if it's municipal genius or whatever right. in terms of transportation structure. You know, someone told me recently, it was a, a guy in my covenant group that, um, the state of Texas has long, like for a century or something, used Waco as a. This is how to screw up. <laughs> as like a let's let's try out city planning things here. Okay. And then if they don't work, they don't implement them. That's funny. Anywhere else, and so we have a couple of things like that. Maybe we have to interview Tom Balk about that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and maybe he'll just be like, "No, that's a lie." <laughs> Yeah. Because I don't... He's a big city planner guy on the yeah. park side of things. City planning seems cool. Yeah. Like a cool thing. It sure does. Well, um, Taylor. Yeah. The last thing I have on my list here. Okay. And my phone went to black here, so I can't see. Oh, do you know that yesterday, Facebook and Instagrams yes. were down? Yes. For a several, substantial Several part of hours. The day. Like okay, five can, hours. And I don't, I don't know who comes up with these numbers. I don't know how they verify this. Right. Sure. But we're sitting on the couch last night, mm-hmm. and Lindsay's and I are talking about this. She didn't even know because she's a teacher and they don't have time to be on their phones. Right, yeah. Which, kudos to every teacher. Uh-huh. And um, she says that Zuckerberg lost $6 billion yesterday. Wait, how many dollars does Zuckerberg have? $117. Billion? Yeah. That's... So I know you don't care about him. I'm not, this isn't a fish for the sympathy. Right. This is a. Holy smokes, what a staggering loss. Yeah, but when you have... Okay, we're not connecting on the point here. <laughs> yes, he, billionaires are bad. That's not the discussion machine. No, but like money's fake. Well, this is something else I want to talk to you about sometime. <laughs> but like, um, like, how does somebody lose $6 billion? Like, think about the total percentage of his income that is versus his product wasn't being delivered... For yeah. six hours or yeah. five hours, like, I, like, where did he lose the revenue? Was it in confidence from investors? Was it in? They did drop a large percent on the market. Ad sales. I mean, and then yes, but I've they didn't lose six sales. billion dollars of ad sales yesterday. Well, again, all of this is fake. It's what do you mean a, by money fake. is fake? What? Like, it's too. There's not. 
It doesn't matter. So also he lost six billion dollars, uh-huh. but he still has a hundred and ten. Yeah. So 11. it's like a hundred and eleven. So like, what does it matter? Well, that's different than saying money's fake. It's fake. Those those aren't real numbers. What does it matter? Yeah. I I bet you have very deep opinions about the way it matters. To whom? <laughs> to people who suffer injustices because of global wealth inequity. Right. I guess what I'm saying is like I don't feel like billionaires' money is real. It feels like a well a get out. It just feels like a card that's like do whatever you want. So you don't think they actually have that wealth? Yeah. Well, it's like they have it, but it's, this is the thing people always say. You're like, so Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, whatever. They could end world hunger today, and they uh-huh. choose not to. And then somebody's like, well, you don't get it. Like, you don't get the market. Like, not all of that money is liquid. They can't just da-da-da. And I'm like, well, then who cares? If they can't do something with it, mm. if it's not purposeful. Well, because it's about purchasing power and potential investment and growth. So, yeah, in that way, money is fake. Yeah. But that's what I mean. But wealth and those valuations matter deeply for the way the world works. Right. Certainly. Yes, I agree. Okay. I agree. But just like. Yeah, it is interesting. So I remember having an economics class. You know, we used to have a gold standard. So every dollar right. in circulation was backed by an ounce of gold or whatever right. it was, relationship was. Then there was something called the peg system where they would, um, I can't quite remember, but it's like currencies versus like against each other. But everything's measured as relative wealth to something. Uh-huh. But I mean, this is one of the fascinating things about cryptocurrency is relative wealth to what? But it's always about consumer confidence, right? Yeah, so like, certainly that's right. It's like, it. okay, the, the cryptocurrency got um, steam on the black market, which right. began to have a real value. I read something the other day that said really only Bitcoin is going to survive. Yeah, that would make sense. Like the rest of them will probably just fade out. Well, it depends about the future of NFTs, which we talked about yesterday. Right, yeah. Because Ethereum has the platform for blockchain <laughs> and turning. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, yeah. I like yesterday you gave the most compelling blockchain argument I've ever heard. Thank you. Because uh, mostly I also feel about cryptocurrency the way I feel about Well, like, cryptocurrency is much more fake than, than even... Like the a dollar amount, electronic dollar amount you have in your bank account right now. Right. Um, there yeah. are institutions that are backing the value the of what's in your brain. Oh, oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. I mean, again, consumer confidence. Right. So, yeah, well, sometimes, what would you do if a billionaire wanted to be your friend? No, thanks. What if they, like, you didn't know it, and then you ended up being really good friends with them, and then one day you found out they were a billionaire? <laughs> I would love that. That would be tricky. I would watch you break up with them. I would be, no, I would stay their friend, I think. But okay. who, what billionaire is, like, trying to be friends with? Oh, I'm, I'm going to set this up, <laughs> just so you're in an awkward spot where you have to. Where I have to. So for you, are the billionaires the tax collectors and the Gospels? Um... No, uh, no, they're like, uh, what a, what a, who, what's the comparison? No, because they're too disinvolved. Do you know what I mean? Billionaires are? Yeah. With regular people? Yeah. So maybe they'd be like a Sadducee or something. You're right, yeah, something like that. A temple. Or just like truly 
Caesar or something. <laughs> Caesar. Yeah. Well, that's the odd thing about now is there are more billionaires than there have ever been before. Right. The wealth gap is larger than it's ever been. Larger than it was in the French Revolution. How do they measure things like that? That's what I heard somewhere. But Relative value to experience. I mean, there's the thing called the Big Mac Index, right? How much does a Big Mac cost in every culture? and mm. Right? Yeah. It's one way to measure stuff like that. So you do, historically, you would extrapolate, like, cost of living. And yeah. Like, how much did it cost for an average family to feed four people every day? And yeah. I think that kind of thing. Okay. I mean, this is what economists do. So, Josh, billion dollars, though. A lot of money. Yeah. Yes. A billion dollars is so much money. Yes. Too much money. It's fake, again. It's not fake. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I saw an ad... For a guy running for Congress in North Carolina okay. that I thought you would really like. Was he a moderate? I mean, I think he's running as a Democrat, but like in North Carolina, so. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like, did you watch the SNL cold open this week? I didn't. I've, so they I've made fun missing. of Joe Manchin and the lady from Arizona. I don't know her name, Cicely Strong played her. Uh-huh. But it was about these moderate Democrats are clogging up opportunity right now. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean. If you want to win in places like North Carolina or West Virginia, like Joe Manchin, but he you got to kind of be a watered-down Democrat. He is like, I mean, so his ad campaign starts out with the story of the town he grew up in, which is called Lumby. Lumpy? Lumby. Lumby. And, or Lumberton. How do you know about this? I just, Brett, my friend Brett sent it to me. Okay. Um, is it Brett Bart? Brett Bart, yeah. Is it a three as well? No, he doesn't seem like a three, this guy. No, Brett Bart is. Oh, he is, yes. Does Brett like That's this true. candidate? Definitely. So it's like a three guy. Uh, Actually, now that I think about it, yeah, he likes it. But l- listen, let me tell a story, and I think you'll like it. So actually, I think this guy's from a town called Lumberton. Okay. But they're called Lumbies. The people from Lumberton. Oh, I love the Lumbies. And, Good um, nickname already. So the ad starts out with this story he tells. And he's like, when I was a young boy, the Ku Klux Klan was going to come to my town to try... And like, you know, whatever, set fires and kill people of color. And apparently they had a lot of like Native American people in their population as well. And he's like, the police chief was like, we don't, nobody wants you here. Please go away. And they were like, no, we're definitely coming, the KKK. And so they rolled into town one night with like guns and they had one light on a pole i don't quite like some of it is just sort of seems folksy or whatever 50 of them and he's like it was 1958 so he was like a young boy but he said he remembered that like he was like the only problem with there being 50 of them is that there were like 400 people from my town who just like went out and were like we're gonna like we're gonna stand in opposition to you and it was all types of people and it was white people, it was black people, it was Native American people, and they all just, like, went and found them and were like, leave, you should go. And, like, and then he talks a lot about how, like, to fix America is going to take, like, everybody working together and you have to, like, care about your neighbor and blah, 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 blah. I think you'll like it if you watch it. Is this guy's name Eric Chavez? I don't know. Precinct 7? Here's my Google search. It's... North Carolina candidate Lumberton. Oh, let me hear. I have the ad. I can pull it up. Um, well, yeah. So why did you think I would like that? Because of I the nature of the solution? I feel like you would. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you like it when people work together. Oh, yeah, I do. That's like your favorite thing. Yes. 
people working together. Charles Graham is his Charles name. Charles Graham. And then he also, he is a teacher. Starting the 80s, he taught, like, um, he's taught special education. Okay. I have it right here. You can, I hey, don't think you should watch it while we're talking, but. Do you think I'm schmarmy? What do you mean? Like a three schmarmy? Um, <laughs> I, I don't feel like you're schmarmy because I feel like the thing you do is like in the other direction somehow. But you do, all threes are, they tell, they don't tell people what they want to hear, but in a conversation. They frame. They frame. frame. And sometimes they frame almost untruthfully. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't think you're schmarmy though. Okay. Why? You seem concerned. No, I just, it's funny. It's like, you would like this. (laughs) No, I think this is a good ad. Yeah. I wasn't saying like you would like it because it's schmarmy. Okay. It's compelling, I think. Okay. Um, I can live with the criticism of the schmarmy middles in this way. Okay. They may not get anything done. The schmarmy middles? Yeah. Yeah. But um, they also can sometimes only get stuff done because of their negotiating attitudes. Absolutely. Um, Hey, I want to jump back unless you want to keep talking about schmarmy threes. Well, I I think I was just going to say really quickly, it's like, we have, you know, we need priests, we need prophets, we need pastors. Like, I think that someone who can stand in the middle, yeah, is, that's good. That's the thing we need sometimes, depending on the time, you know. Yeah. I do think it's like I think that's also what Joe Biden is. Not that I think he's a three. I have no clue. But like he is a stand in the middle kind of guy, and I don't know that it's working right now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, I don't know though that, I, and I'm not. I don't mean to undermine the force of that comment. I don't know that I think a lot of political candidates could be successful right now. Just yes. the system is so messed up. Yeah. Well, Taylor. Yeah. I want to go back to Facebook for a second. Okay. Because, you know how like. Um, oh yeah, we got a little. Uh, we got a little distracted. No, that's that's couldn't. fine. It was a good conversation. Yeah. I um. So here's my thought. Uh huh. You know how, in uh, hating billionaires, you're like Jeff Bezos is the worst. Yeah. And my response is then don't shop at Amazon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't you think that yes yesterday makes the point? Like six hours yeah. out and his he lost six billion dollars well. If mm-hmm. people really wanted to hate Facebook and Amazon, they should get off Facebook and not shop at Amazon. That's a good point. I should quit Facebook. It's much harder to not shop at Amazon. I agree. And I wish I could do that. You could though, you could go to Walmart's. Well, but the Waltons aren't any better. Okay, then go to... I go to the Circle Hardware. You could go there. Okay. What do you need? I'll tell you where to go. But you're going to pay more money. Yeah, I don't mind paying more money. Okay. Yesterday, I bought brown fabric for the church. Mm-hmm. Where would I buy that? Joanne Fabrics. Okay, I don't know much about Joanne Fabrics. Like, who... well, Where did you buy it? <laughs> Amazon. Oh. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Yeah. This is what Amazon delivers beyond their products. You not having to leave your house. Yeah. Well, and I was just, I could, I did that at the church. Like, and I then just went back to working. My, I, think I mean, my that is part of my job. Is a quicker way, a more tangible way everybody could protest and cause reform in business cycles in America. Yeah. Is to not use those. But also, so this is my question back. Suppliers. But also, like, 
So Jeff Bezos obviously has like um, proven that he has like inhumane business practices as far as like the people underneath him and what they earn for the labor that they do. Um, They don't get great, like they barely get breaks and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, Uh um, and so then it's like, what happens to the, I mean, this is a legitimate question. I don't know the answer. What happens to those people if I stop buying Amazon? Do you know what I mean? Like, do they have worse lives because I stopped buying Amazon? Like, does Jeff Bezos just continue to pad his pockets no well, matter what? Well, that's why this is complicated. It's the same thing with sweatshops in third world countries. Is right. People get so mad. and I mean, it's just horrible. But right. the reason those jobs are filled is because that represents an opportunity that is not there if that sweatshop's not there. Right. And, yeah, that's just sucky reality, but I don't know how to... Yeah. Say that differently. Except, yeah, except maybe say, like, just don't buy from that place. Right. But then it's like. Now, you could say the company that's there doing what could improve conditions. Mm-hmm. But I, this is my point. If you're waiting for a company to do the more white thing, you're going to be waiting a long time. Yeah. The more effective way is to not consume the product. But that's what I'm saying. So, like, capitalism is, like, inherently bad. If those are your your two options, you can't get what you want or you have to support. Well, okay. I agree that it creates working conditions in places that are not great. Mm-hmm. But again, those jobs are filled because that opportunity represents something better than if it weren't there. But that is not... Um... <laughs> that doesn't make me feel better. Do you know what I mean? That like, sure. Like, shouldn't we be treating all humans with like dignity and respect? Yeah, but that's a moral position. These are businesses; they don't care what you think. But that's what I'm saying. Capitalism is morally inherently bad. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Great. I mean, I don't know that. I think socialist solutions will be better all the time either. Sure. In terms of worker expectation and. Sure. Maybe. So. Maybe. I also don't all think all money is bad. I don't we should think cancel maybe it. socialism will get efficiently get to all the places that capitalism gets to places. Right. And then the people won't have a choice to work on sweatshop or not. But then Yeah, I don't know. I think we should all just go back to like Harmony? Yeah. You mean read Wendell Berry? Yeah. All right. That's what I mean. Okay. Well, Glad we could do that for another round. You know who would be a fun guest for us to have on? Wendell Berry. Well, yeah. Put him on the list. Um, I'm sure he's up for a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, no, the I don't know if he's still around, Baylor, but Dr. Charles North. Mm-hmm. He's an economist. He wrote the book. Um, I can't remember the name now, but it's like 10 things, and it's like these kinds of conversations. It's super helpful. Yeah? Like he gives us one example of um, like a company that wanted to sell... Or give away free mosquito nets in an African country. Free ski donuts? Mosquito nets. Mosquito To nets. prevent malaria. Yeah. But what they found is when you gave them away for free, people devalued them and started using them as like fishing nets and stuff. Uh-huh. But when they charged a dollar or two dollars for them, people valued them and they used them the right way. Weird uh-huh. economic reality. Yeah, but that's interesting. That kind of stuff. It's like 10 chapters on that. Interesting. Okay. Maybe we'll, we'll ring him up sometime. Let's see if we can get them. Yeah. Would you like cool. that? Yeah. Okay. All right, Taylor. Well, do you have anything else for the culture, sports, world roundup? No. Green Bay Packers won again. 
So good job. God is excited about that. God is. Yep. Okay. Well, it's time for a word from our sponsor. Oh. Taylor. Yeah. Guess what? What? Guess what's back in the saddle again? What? Oh, you know. I do know. Tell me. Harvest on 25th. Yeah, well, here's the tragedy that happened is there was a kitchen fire. The place burned, not down, but up, yeah. burned up. Yeah. And um, there was a community-wide effort to say, no, we want quality restaurants with quality offerings in our neighborhood. Yeah. And so a GoFundMe went up and they blew them away. I don't actually know how much they got in the end of what they had to do in terms of loans and stuff and insurance. No, but I don't either, but I know that it was more money than they were expecting. The and good news I is felt very proud of our community. Juanita Barrientos, did yeah. I say that right? Mm-hmm. And her partner, whose name I can't remember, okay, um, are back in business. You've yeah. been there a few times. I have been there, yeah, like two or three times since they've reopened. Are they offering Mountain Dew yet? <laughs> they are not. To my knowledge, they don't have sodas. How about but, just a couple of good pieces of bacon? They got that? Uh, I don't think they have bacon. Mm-hmm. They have sausage. Okay, that might make me go there. Um, the other day I went and they have some new stuff on the menu. Kathleen went recently. There's like a um, spinach and omelet mushroom with like crispy potatoes. Just put so a little was, sausage in there and we're all the way. That was very good. The, well, the breakfast tacos have sausage in them. That's what I'll get if I go. Okay, really good. And then they also have, I've always loved their avocado toast. It's so good. I still don't get that phenomenon. Keep going. But they've, well, I think, I do think it's like a... Not exactly north-south thing, but it's like if you live like Texas, California. Like I grew up eating avocados my whole entire life. Yeah. I get but like an avocado toast. I had never heard of that until like five years ago. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Putting avocado on a tortilla or bread or something like that and eating it is like not an insane thing. They have it at Harvest. It's a really good one. Oh, yeah. It's a really good one. And then um, also... Um, they have some new toasts, and one of them is called a savory plum chili toast, okay. and it is so freaking good. I love that. It is so good. Well, so, Taylor, delicious. I want everybody to head over to Harvest on 25th. It is on 25th, that same street I turned the wrong way on a couple of years yeah. ago. And it's between Austin and Washington, or Columbus. I don't get my streets right over that way, but it's yeah. somewhere there. It's somewhere over um, there. We could get, you know what, it's at 112 North 25th Street. Yeah. And you can give them a call at 254-313-7285 or visit harvest25th.com. You should go. Harvest25th.com. Harvest it's really time. good. Go get some avocado toast. Woohoo! And we're back. You know what I forgot to do? What? Give you the quiz. Oh, are you going to do it now? <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. These are Who Said It Kardashian quote quizzes. Oh, my gosh. All right. Okay. Kim, there's people that are dying. Was it Courtney, Coley, or Scott? Courtney. Correct. You know what that was about? Um, what? She lost her earring in the ocean. I don't oh, know yeah. why she. I don't know why she was even wearing it in the ocean, but yeah. it was like they were seventy-two thousand dollars or something like that, and she got really upset, which I think is reasonable. And I also see Chloe's or Courtney's yeah. point. You know, it's it's a lot of money, but if you're Kim Kardashian, right? It's like me losing ten bucks, right? Yeah, which sucks, but but I would think six billion dollars is like ten dollars to Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Well. Uh, we won't get bogged down by that. All okay. Right. This is a case for the FBI. Kendall, Kim, or Chris? A case for the FBI. Uh, Chris. Correct. Yes. 
on a guy trying to sell pics. Oh, gosh. Courtney underage. Oh. That's terrible. Yeah, that is terrible. Okay. You're doing amazing, sweetie. You're doing amazing, sweetie. Uh, Courtney. Chris. Chris or Kim? Chris. You are correct. Yeah. Oh, do you know what this is in response to? No, I don't. I feel like I need to wash my mouth out with soap for doing this quiz. Okay. On Kim's Playboy photo shoot? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Is that a chicken, Scott, Kendall, or Kylie? I'm going to go, I might be wrong, I'm going to go with Kylie. Correct. Oh, yeah. I'm Chris getting her a pig. <laughs> okay. You're, here's the next one. Okay. You're going to die anyway. You understand that, right? Die with a good Snapchat going through. What? Chloe, Scott, or Caitlin? Um, I feel like it's most likely Scott. Oh, I might be Chloe. I don't know. It's Chloe. Yeah. On Courtney not having Wi-Fi outside. <laughs> That's funny. All right. I don't know what's going on, so I'm just appreciating my bread. Kim, Kendall, or Courtney? <laughs> I think it was Kendall. It was Courtney. Courtney, okay. On Kylie getting drunk and singing, I'm going to get wasted at a restaurant. Oh, my. All right. I'm guessing you'd know these if you watch the show. Yeah. I bet these are okay. Honey, I'm going to... Oh, okay. Um, we'll skip that We one. can go to the next question. I got it right, though. Yeah. It was the... Never mind. Okay. I'm not even going to talk about that. <laughs> All right. I'm not buying her a beeping pair of shoes. I bought her a beeping career. Kendall, um, Kim, Chris. Chris, I guess. It was Kim. Oh, interesting. On Courtney's career. Yeah. Whoa. <gasps> What? Wow, that's just that's a thing to say about your sibling. Okay, Kim, would you stop taking pictures of yourself? Your sister's going to jail. <laughs> Courtney, Chris, or Kylie? That was Chris. Yep. She was like uh, taking selfies in the car. Well, Chloe's going to jail for <laughs> violating parole for her DUI. <laughs> <laughs> your cute jeans, Kendall, Kylie, Rob. Your cute jeans. Yeah, it's hop, uh, your, you are, like, apostrophe. You your are cute, cute jeans. jeans. Well, how does jeans spell? Like G- J-E-A-N-S. Who are the people? Kendall, Kylie, Rob. Kendall, Kylie, Rob. I guess Kylie. Kendall. Chloe has a jeans line, so I wonder okay. if it was that. We didn't answer one of them, so I'm going to um. give you the benefit of the doubt that you would have gotten it. Okay. But you got six out of ten, so you would have had seven. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, thanks for playing that quiz. That was funny. I, <laughs> I laugh. My favorite one is stop they taking do selfies. S- they do say funny things. Like, they are funny people. And the thing they used to say all the time, they say it less now, is, like, if something was true... Um, like you know instead of saying like i swear or whatever like um she would be like they would say uh bible they would be like bible i just saw this guy at starbucks and it meant like it's true oh let's um start doing that saying bible bible yeah bible okay all right i thought it was the funniest thing okay here's where we're at taylor okay for our main discussion today yeah i want to talk about binding and loosing Great. Which are rabbinical terms for accepting or rejecting proposals based on interpretations of the law in the Bible. Yeah. More broadly, I have extrapolated, and this is the thing I'm curious about. 
mm-hmm. is that these binding and loosing traditions represent kind of polarities, dichotomous motifs in culture and history. Right. So now we have liberals and conservatives, right? Sure. And it's not always easy to decide what's what. But um, for the on. most part, conservatives conserve things, liberals liberate things, right? And that, right, if you're sticking to like the most... Right, describes both what the rabbinical traditions were talking So I had yesterday in my sermon talking about divorce and the schools of Shalel and Hillel and Shammai and how Shammai was a binder. That means he restricted uh-huh. um, loose interpretations and Hillel was like a loose interpretation guy, okay? Mm-hmm. So here's what I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing this... Church Hurts podcast with Mars Hill. Right. And part of what caught my interest was in that first episode, you've listened, right? I have listened to the about first, half of it, the first but episode. I have listened to the first So if you episode. remember, they interviewed Tony Jones, who mm-hmm. spoke at UBC a couple times, by the way. Oh. And he talks about, look, whenever I would blog, when that was a thing, mm-hmm. if I used either Rob Bell or Mark Driscoll's names, like readership would go up. I don't know, something absurd, like 800%. Oh, gosh. Just for their names being in there. Right, yeah. And he goes on to actually say, I thought this was a little controversial, but Tony Jones is an A, and he just says, whatever, that this is how Rachel Held Evans got popular. She, like, would just go after Mark Driscoll every time. She did, yeah, sure. So, anyways, um, the thing that struck me about listening to that is now we're on the other side of kind of at least the first stage or the first half of their their lives and their pastoral careers. Mm-hmm. And I thought it's it's very fitting because they both had church called Mars Hill. Uh-huh. And they were probably the most popular figures within their movements. Yeah, for a, like a give or take a decade. And I think they have become, in my mind, the logical conclusions of a commitment to a binding tradition and a loosening tradition. So, like, let, let me just describe them. Sure. Um, Mark Driscoll mm-hmm. became an, a, or a complementarian mm-hmm. biblicist mm-hmm. who leaned into patriarchy mm-hmm. and um, was almost like developed like a man's man's church, right? Sure. Like a popularist fundamentalist is what he became. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Rob Bell became a undefined spiritualist. Mm-hmm. who wants to give good input, didn't try to offend anybody, but offended a bunch of people. Yeah. And then just kind of didn't have a scandal, but just ended up leaving church because honestly, you know. Right, if he's he being honest. He stopped believing. And I just thought, you know what? Isn't that what those two traditions become? And then I thought, and are there people who have made steadfast commitments their whole lives to something in the middle and they died in a really healthy place. Um, uh, there are people who have done that, definitely. Who comes to your mind? Well, I mean, just like normal people. Yeah. You know, like uh, the guy who was pastor of my church when I was growing up. Yeah. When I was younger. That's true. A lot of people in the middle. Um, so. But is it because they just didn't get enough time you know to do what i don't know like i think of a guy like eugene peterson who for me is maybe like just the pastor in my lifetime that i was alive for most of my life yeah who i just have such a deep abiding respect for right yeah um but like you could see kind of the the his 
I don't know if shaken is the right word, but like, you know, at the end, he made a comment about same-sex marriage and he took it back and then he, you know. Yeah, because somebody was rude and like, I don't know. Anyways, my point being. Yeah. Like, just if he would have lived another hundred years, would he have just become another liberal? Well, that's, I think that's a hard thing about the two um, figures you've chosen. Mm-hmm. Because, so Rob Bell, right, we would say he definitely offended some people, and mostly people who stood against him. But Mark Driscoll caused, like, a lot of pain and harm to people. Yeah. And, and particularly think... the people that agreed with him. Yes, and what's interesting to me about that is I think if you really analyze those traditions, mm-hmm. the trajectories give people permission to behave that way. Uh, the trajectories give people... So, like, yeah, if you're restricting you... and protecting, then you get to fight because you're preserving and you're upholding. If you're loosening, you're kind of always just making more and more space until something's undefined. Um... Like, so let's say Mark Driscoll picked the topic. Mm -hmm. He gets up there and he's like, rah, rah, rah. Even the attitude, even like the the cadence, the pitch, it fits with what he's trying to do. Uh, Yeah, maybe this is a place where we disagree. I don't think you have to be mean to conserve. But you're, you're right. I don't think you do either. But are people who don't successful at it? What is success? This is a question I feel like we have talked about a lot recently as well. Yeah. Uh, good question. Um, to be championed within that tradition. I would never define success that way. Okay. Grant my point, though. We, okay. don't, we don't know about the moderns. We're talking about... Because nobody cares. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. Okay, 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 okay. So the question, the thing you're asking me to do... Is to think about like the not my personal right like response to people like that to people in any direction, but like the general sort of like popular response yeah to somebody like that to people who are conservative in angry mean ways, which is not the only way to be a conservative. Uh, people who are moderate and people who are progressive right so i i think we're talking about caricatures of a thing but they are it's like fake money right it's like but these caricatures really have impacted the world they do exist that's we're talking about them absolutely absolutely i think you're right um people don't care about moderates i think that can i be really honest and potentially a little cutting yeah go ahead i think that is the most moderate white man thing that anybody has ever said (laughs) like I don't, I don't, no, I think people care about moderates. Everybody cares about moderates because they are, I mean, it's like everybody's trying to speak to moderates to get them to their side. Yeah. No, I wasn't offended. Um, I think I'm using moderate there pretty broadly. Um, so. But I'm, I think my point is, maybe moderates isn't the right word. We only pay attention to celebrities. If you're, yeah, if you're trying to make a big splashy scene, you have to be one yes. of the things. And it's like one of the other ways I've said this is I got some feedback on criticisms of the podcast so far. And I just wrote back to some person. I said, this is all true, but here's my response. This is entertainment. Uh-huh. And if Christianity Today would have 
um, created a podcast about all the people who got hurt that went to the church that don't really have a platform that wouldn't get listened to. Right. Right. That might be healthier. That might be better. Yeah. But that wouldn't get listened to. Yeah. I think this is a hard conversation for me because it's like I have a hard time distinguishing this. I think this must be a three thing that it's like and I don't mean that in a negative way in any capacity, but that this just like you have a sense of being able to say like, well, this would be popular and this would not be popular Uh that I don't feel uh, that I just can't feel or find within myself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do think that's an intuitive thing for threes. Yeah. And so... And we're not always right, but... Right, but... Well, but it is a skill, you know? Um, And it's one I don't really have. And so I... What I can only think about is like, well, what would I listen to? And it's like, well, I would love to listen to a podcast about all of the unplatformed people at Mars Hill who were harmed and who I'm sure some of them had came out having had a good experience. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure yeah. those people exist. And it's like, that would be really interesting to listen to those stories as well. And and some of it's just as simple of as the way our brain works. Like, we need a, a kind of a threshold of minimal data to enter into a narrative. Mm-hmm. Right? And so mm-hmm. I know who Mark Driscoll is, and I know who Rob Bell is. I know what they did. Right. I know their churches, their locations, their theological trajectories. So I can listen to something about them. Right. And then enjoy it in a way I can't if it's just a bunch of people I don't know. Because I have to learn their stories before I can then right. make sense of their stories and enter into them. Yeah, which is not to say, though, that like if somebody did a good job introducing those people, that I would be, would or wouldn't, like I would be interested in them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That does take more work, I think. Yeah. Um, so I think the, to step back, though. Yeah. This is a question about big ideas. Okay. And who gets to inform big ideas. Yeah. And I think the hard part is that, like, and this is something that comes out in the first episode is, um, aren't we all complicit because we have championed celebrity pastors? Mm-hmm. Um, which, I don't know how you unpack that or the answer to that, but my point is... Um, this is this is who has a platform, and this is why, is because they are celebrity pastors, right? And so, for better or worse, they get to begin the conversation about um, whatever idea we want to unpack about binding and loosing and liberalism and traditionalism. Yeah, um, I no, I don't think I. I think I I don't know if it's a present focusedness thing. But and like what you know has to do with some of my ecclesiology and what I believe about the church, and it's like, um, well, I guess there's two points to be made here. You know, um, have you seen The Devil Wears Prada? Yeah. That Anne Hathaway movie. Mm-hmm. You know when um, she walks in and Anne Hathaway, she kind of laughs because they're talking so seriously about something I don't remember, and Meryl Streep kind of says like. I bet you think you chose that sweater yourself, but actually it was like yeah. like five years ago somebody did blues and da, 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 like how it all like yeah. filters down. Yeah. I do think at some point we have to say that that is the, right, you know, that like the reason everyone was arguing about Calvinism and Arminianism like 10 years ago is because the big names were talking about it. Yeah. And so that it becomes the like argument of the day. 
Yeah. Um, and I think there's some, con- there's, you know, some confessing that that is the, right now, that's the culture we live in. That's the way we all live our lives. That like there are people around the world who are important enough and have big enough platforms that like the things they talk about are the things we all also talk about, you know? But I do think also for me, and this is my experience, like working in the local church is like also at some point there's like things going on around me that like it's not part of the national or international conversation because it only affects like it's only really affecting like our congregation. Do you know what I mean? And I just am not I'm not super interested in the big like um I don't want to talk about something because Mark Driscoll's talking about it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'd rather talk about like things that are just applicable to like the way the things that are happening at UBC. Do you know what I mean? And I know that, um, and also it's like participating in the church is caring about the world, you know? So of course, some of those things are, sometimes you're going to be having those conversations. But like, but I, yeah. So all of that to say, I think you have to admit those things like that some of those like tastemakers or whatever get to impact those conversations but mostly it's like why I'm not interested in that I like I remember being kind of offended by the guy saying like we all participate in celebrity culture like didn't we all kind of affect didn't we all kind of kill Mars Hill because it's like I no, I didn't not Mars Hill but did you listen to Rob Bell or did you pick your person who was on the left Rachel Held Evans did you um, Were those people I mean, formative like, for you? Did you read their blogs? Did you? I didn't read their blogs. I'm and I'm not much of a sermon listener except for in person. Okay. And I don't have an invent. I mean, like, I remember. Sure, I'm sure I was walking around saying like Mark Driscoll seems gross, and you know, occasionally I'd see a clip where he was like, I can't worship a Jesus who couldn't beat me up, and I was like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Right. But I wasn't listening regularly. And I don't really care. Do you know what I mean? Like, I wish people wouldn't go to churches like that. Um, <laughs> uh, I, and I wish people had better theology than that. But I wasn't thinking about it very much. So let me ask you this then. Uh-huh. I, I do feel like I built, propped up celebrity individuals within Christianity uh-huh. in the way I consumed their Content. output. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that's a personality Enneagram driven reality? Um, I don't know. Pro- uh, I think it's maybe, but also maybe it's just like a thing that some people like that and that some people connect with certain personalities. Like, I really, I obviously think I would agree with most of what Rachel Held Evans had to say, but I really only read the one book, the Proverbs 31 book, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I don't know if it's personality driven or if it's just like we didn't um, take in much Christian content outside of what I learned at my like local church in my family growing up. Like my parents had other things they liked to read and other things they liked to watch and listen to. So I don't know. It's probably just formative or whatever. Yeah. Um Yeah, I, I'm wondering if there's something about that 
I don't mean to be stuck in the, the thought, but like that no. f- specifically appeals to three because of that sense of this is what's working and this is what is going to drive the conversation. So I better get involved or I have to say participate in these conversations because other people are participating in them. Yeah. Yeah. I also it was interesting because I was thinking as you're talking, um, if I think about the way you use your Twitter account versus the way some other people use your Twitter account, <laughs> you don't use it to prop up Christian culture. Um, the way some accounts like seem to, that's all they do. Is talk about particular things. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, I do think that's this, um, part of the way I was socialized is not like my, I, I think my mom and dad would have like, they taught us that faith was very important and that it was a core part of who we are. But like that it wasn't, it's sort of UBC-esque, like, but they were, you know, kind of like, but there's no division between like your life and then your life at church. Do you know what I mean? So we were never encouraged to like just participate in church things and do Christian culture things because those were the good things and everything else was bad. Like it was just kind of like you go to church, that's important. You learn things. And then you carry those things out into the world with you. So you can participate in like anything you want, basically. Not anything, obviously. They wouldn't have said that. But, yeah. But you know, as far as like sort of normal things to participate in, whatever normal means. So. Well, I do think like I'm thinking about Craig, who's six. Mm-hmm. And I think he's at this point in his life definitely invested in, if not a theology, an ecclesiology that is local. Mm-hmm. and um, communally driven mm-hmm. and so maybe it is you know different aptitudes within different people yeah but it is I yeah I guess I should say and I knew this about myself before I came to this conversation that I never I don't really understand Christian celebrity it is like a strange thing to me I uh, don't understand in what way that it exists at all or that people are interested in Christian celebrities or that we create them Mostly that it exists at all. And it's like um, being on Twitter, especially right now, it's like you can really tell the people on there who are like striving to become Christian celebrities. And I, I guess I don't understand the appeal. I think it seems kind of embarrassing to me. Well, but like I'm you're a honest. gifted communicator. If you got offer, offered a growing platform, would you continue to accept it? I... Um, I think I could only accept things I was actually interested in. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know that I, but if I'm being honest, of course, I would be very tempted to, you know, accept a platform where people were listening to me more or whatever. Right. Um, but I would have to, if I could, yeah, I would have to sort of, uh, make a reason like if it if there were a reason that were real and true and fit then i would be into that but i don't know that i would i think i would eventually hate it if i took a platform that like actually i didn't actually care about you know yeah so is your answer to the original question that um these binding and loosing traditions are not going to inevitably produce a certain type of individual um, 
Yeah, I think I would like to... I think what happens is people who are, like, conservative but hold it loosely and are very kind and who care more about people than about, like, making a dogmatic point, Mm -hmm. I think often those people are accused of moderation. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's just really... And I think the same of, like, you know, I think that... um, Are you advocating for moderates? Hmm. No, <laughs> well, I don't think there's anything wrong with moderation. Do you know what I mean? Except for like, this is the thing we've talked about. <laughs> um, except for like, it's like there's times when moderation doesn't work. Yeah. Like racism, right? We're not going to, yeah. I'm not going to like. Salient point. Right. Um, but yeah. Um And I think being moderate in personalities, for personality's sake, like for the sake of interacting with other people, if you're able to listen and like hold your own points without getting upset at someone else, except for when it comes to things like racism, that's like not a thing we should be conserving. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Then... I f- but I don't feel like you have to be moderate in belief. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, and I feel the same. I think that we've definitely talked about the way that um, a more progressive tradition can also become fundamentalist. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, that's um, true because fundamentalism is an attitude. Right. And but the funny thing to me is when that emerges in a liberal. Uh huh. It's because they're trying to conserve something. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... It's a value on the other side. Yeah. So I think that's my point about though the, the trajectories themselves. It may be good to be reminded that you can have some crossover in the way that... Yes. Well, uh, and that fundamentalism comes... In many forms. In, yeah, in both directions, you know? And that 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 is, I think that is the dangerous thing. So yeah, I don't think being. But it's kind of weird because I would say that's true, but then I think of Rob Bell, and I think Rob now has a zeal for nothing. <laughs> yeah. Which is not true. I don't mean the way it sounds. Like he's passionate about things. Right. But like he will draw a hedge around nothing and say this is this is it. You know. Yeah. I that is the I, that's the one thing about this conversation that like. I would like to say that that is not necessarily a part of a more progressive attitude, but it is. It does seem true for a lot of people that mm-hmm. that is part of the part of the belief system or something is. Well, and we've made this observation about ecclesiology because we were asking questions about where UBC is at right now in terms of people's commitment. Right. And we've had to admit it comes hand in hand with the ethos of the community, which is if you're hurting, sometimes part of the healing process is distance from church. Yeah. We want to be a place you can identify with and and love you gently. Yeah. But then you take a church that we won't name, but is on the opposite of the spectrum, that we've said demands everything from their people. Right. And you know what? They get everything from their people. Right. And there's something they're able to do that's productive because of that. Yeah. 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 And I do think that... I think it's what I what I would like to believe, is that you can be of like the loosen, loosening traditions 
and still attract um, participation and and still say like in a way I think for me it's almost like my concern more is like and how are people acting out in the world do you know what I mean like are they do they love people well do they create space for people do they lay do they lay down sometimes their preferences to um for others sakes you know what I mean yeah and that is almost I think that to me is like the biggest sign of like is the formation we're doing helping anybody do you know what I mean it's more about how people are acting outside of the church in their everyday lives yeah but also but also I do believe deeply in like um participating in the local church obviously I don't know that I'd have my job if I didn't and that that is an important part of the formation and um yeah an important part of the formation of being like a Christian person yeah so well we're at an hour and 13 Jeez, so I feel like I talked so much well you had more thoughts on this than I did I think really don't you think well, start? I don't know. Yeah, I, I just... Well, I think, too, I start with a question that I have more of a conclusion about. Oh. And so I think I, in my head I've already decided, yes, this is the case, and I don't know quite how to navigate the middle. So yeah. So I'm, I'm in process. Right. Yeah, I see that. I guess that's the opposite of what I just said. But I have a conclusion that I'm trying to weigh and measure from... It's like, you know what you think, but then you're also, like, thinking through... I'm in the phase now where I'm, like, trying to test it. Right, yeah, yeah. So... All right, fans, friends, I should say. Friends, mostly friends. We'll, we'll take a fan if we have one. Yeah. Thanks for listening. You're a winner in the Lord, and we will uh, hear from you, or you'll hear from us next week again, hopefully. Yeah. All right.